And we're back with the second episode of the Hypercast. I'm joined today by Natty and Kyler. I'm John. What's up? Hello. And uh, we are going to talk about American Psycho, which we just watched. Very fresh. Watched it last night. It's the next day. Yeah. Yep. What do we got to discuss first? What'd you just say? I said, what do we got to discuss first? Oh. Well, alright. First, American Psycho, a little background. Released in 2000. Directed by Mary Heron, who also wrote the screenplay. Co-writ it with a... Uh, that's not a word, is it? Co-writ? Co-wrote. Co-wrote. Co-written. <laughs> Co-written by her. And, uh... Who's the other person? Yeah. Guinevere Turner who's in the movie, as Elizabeth. And obviously based on the book by Brett Easton Ellis. So directed by a female. I don't know if you guys knew that when we were watching it. Didn't. Mm-hmm. Okay, well. Doesn't that, really matter. I don't know, I think it's interesting. I mean, it's interesting. It <laughs> I, I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter. I, mean, I guess it doesn't really matter. Direction. It's either a good movie or it's not. What? <laughs> How do you look at like that? Very, oh, very blanket. Also, um, there are spoilers ahead. Oh yeah, yeah. just in case there. Oh, I guess we can do a. We'll do a quick little non-spoiler segment. Just a quick like a one-minute review from each of us on our opinions. There we go. Without spoilers. Okay, sounds like a plan. Okay. Go, John. All right. Uh, my rating. I'll start with the rating. I would say I would recommend this movie. I'm gonna give it a ten out of ten. I think it's a. Uh, phenomenal you know critique satire of uh it's got a lot of social commentary in there and i really like that shallowness obsession with materialism uh the insecurity of men you're into shallowness and, and it's all materialism uh, yeah great movie concepts are you kidding me no uh yeah i think it's uh i think it's brilliant a lot of nuance with this movie um I gave it, I think, a 6.5 out of 10. I don't know. I liked, not to sound like a psychopath, but I liked... You're a psychopath. <laughs> but I liked the other part. Like, the, the interesting... Like, I was... I think what brought the rating down for me is because I spent most of the time psychoanalyzing and trying to figure out, like, a diagnosis and stuff like that. So that's where my <laughs> brain was going the entire time, which I don't think that's where it should have been. But, um... I don't know. I thought it was. I thought it was a pretty good movie. It was an interesting storyline, but there was a lot of parts that like I was left questioning about, like a lot of his relationships that he had. I was just left wondering what happened with them and what the purpose of them in the storyline was. And so, but overall, I, I liked. There's a few good liners in there, but it was just there were some parts that were interesting to watch. Um, I gave it a six out of ten. Because it's just kind of not my type of movie. Uh, a lot of gore, a lot of blood, which isn't necessarily my thing, but I'm okay with it. I did think it was interesting, and it was an interesting concept to watch play out. But just not my type of movie. Okay. Spoilers ahead. That was your one. Uh, this is your last Warning. 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 So, uh, 
we're gonna get into spoilers now. There you go. And I guess we'll start with the beginning, the opening scene. First, uh, we started a restaurant, and it's very, uh, you know, it's very posh. It's very rich. Is that Dozio's? No, it's not Dorcia's. It's not Dorcia's. Not Dorcia's? No. We never see Dorcia. Uh. Huh. You never see Dorcia. That's true. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't start at Dorcia's because, uh, and we know this because before Bateman lies to them all, none of them have been to Dorcia, so it can't be Dorcia's. Mm. And uh, it's uh, you know, it's already mocking the rich in the first scene. You know, the sort of Wall Street yuppies of the eighties. Uh, they say something like five seventy, not bad. Which for a dinner for four men, five seventy or whatever it was, is obviously very expensive. Mm-hmm. That's atrocious. Right. Yeah. And you see them all put down their four cards, and they're the exact same silver cards from the company they work at, Pierce yeah. and Pierce. Right. Yeah, and then uh, maybe one of the most important scenes in the movie. We move to his apartment. We get his opening monologue. We learn about his uh, skincare routine. Skincare routine. All oh, the so moisturizers. Fabulous. Not the face. I found it interesting how like much attention he paid to his face and like how he was talking about like how there's someone underneath him, like how he's wearing like a mask. There's basically. an idea of a Patrick Bateman. Right. And that you know, was interesting. You're also talking about during the movie, you're talking about the narcissistic Yes, he was very narcissistic through a lot of it. Especially in later moments with other interactions with um, females. females, yes, he was very narcissistic. Yeah, so we get this is a. I think this is like the first scene where it's already sort of implementing the idea of how much of this is, you know, real. How much of is it is it like in his head? I mean, the first scene, the first one of the first things we hear Patrick Bateman said is that there's an idea of a Patrick Bateman, right. but that he is simply not there. I feel like that's the first indication that he's unhinged. Mm-hmm. There's something, yeah. And you see throughout the entire movie, like, I don't think he has multiple, like, personalities inside of him, but you can see, like, different switches that he has, especially in during moments, like, where he's, I don't know, invested in, like, music and stuff like that. He's very more outgoing and has a different facial as well, which is very interesting. And the other moments when he's acting like Paul Allen, I know we're getting ahead here, but, like, <laughs> he, I don't know, he's got, like, different, I don't know, mannerisms and stuff like that. So I think that's interesting, like, how there's an idea of, um, oh, there's an idea of Patrick Bateman. I just want to point out, oh. I guessed the correct amount of money on the dot. It was 570 I would just like yeah, to point was, that out. I was very impressed. I, uh, oh, I thought you like actually knew that. No, I'm impressed with myself for uh, remembering that. No, yeah. I knew that sounded about right. Yeah. So I guess before I guess before we went to Patrick Bateman's apartment, we had the scene in the nightclub. A very quick scene. Mm, mm-hmm. Uh... Where he says some very, very not nice things to uh, oh, yeah. the uh, what is bartender. 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 Uh, things we can't repeat on this podcast because we like to stay uh, PG-14. Uh, but yeah. And, uh, you know, he says those things when her back is turned. She comes back and just hands him the drinks. Almost doesn't, uh, doesn't acknowledge register. it. Right. Yeah. What do you mean? I don't know if she didn't hear it, or if she did, and it was kind of just like, oh, he's drunk. Yeah, he was shouting it. So, like, I don't... I feel like it was more of a, oh, he's drunk. I think the, I think this is like the, I really like the directing in this movie. 
I mean, you, there's a lot of nuance to it, especially in this scene. You have uh, when when he says the line, it cuts straight from a shot that's very pulled out and very. You know, you see the whole scene, but when he says the line, it's very focused on Bateman, and you can't see anything around him. So you don't know where the person's standing. You don't really know if she hears it. True. I feel like there's a lot of scenes like that, though, too. There's a lot of scenes that are up for interpretation as to what mm-hmm. happens, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think when he says it, the camera pans out and, like, looks in a mirror. Something like that. I don't know. It's got kind of yeah, like a it mirror looks at the effect. Bar mirror. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And then after the scene in the home, he goes into work. You know, we get the walking on sunshine. Yeah. Headphone scene. Classic. Classic scene. Very memed. Very memed scene. Mm-hmm. Something that just occurred to me, going back to you, your directing point. There's a lot of um, camera angles that are reflected off of mirrors, actually. Uh-huh. That I didn't notice until we started talking about mirrors. Well, especially yeah. when he's in the shower, too. The shower, the... When he's putting on the mask. Mm-hmm. The bedrooms. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think it's all, it's all to, like, emphasize his ego. Mm-hmm. And that it's kind of like, even when the camera's not technically focused on Bateman, it's still on Bateman in the mirror. Right. Yeah. I mean, in the, in the bedroom scenes, we'll call them, uh, you yeah. don't see a lot of... Uh, you see more of him in a mirror than you do of the females. I mean, that might not be true. I don't know the time breakdown. I didn't really sit there and count on my fingers. No, I feel like you're pretty much about right. I feel like it's at least 50% of the time it's him in a mirror. Mm-hmm. I think that sort of adds to his, uh, yeah, like narcissistic edge, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. When he's like flexing and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> that was when you were like. He's so narcissistic. Mm-hmm. That's why I love the movie. It's so great. He can't even like... He's never even giving proper attention. He cares so much more about what he looks like doing it than actually yeah. doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to... I don't think there's a more PG way for me to say that, no. to be honest. No. Uh... So, in the office, I don't know if the first office scene has that much, but we get introduced to Jean, and again, he's not very nice to her. Yeah, he comments about her clothing, like, tells her not to wear something again. Yeah, don't wear that outfit again. Which I find weird, because, like, towards the end, she wears... Yeah, she only wears the skirt once. Well, we see... She wears the skirt the next time we're in the office. And then after that, she goes back to the same clothing. Does she? Mm-hmm, because I noticed, I noticed it. I was like, that's weird that she went back to the same clothing. Yeah. Uh, and then I guess the next scene, we are introduced to uh, Evelyn, Reese Witherspoon's character, and they're in the taxi cab, and they're driving down, and he's listening to uh, the new uh, Robert Palmer album, I think. Yeah. I'm trying to listen to this new Robert Palmer album. <laughs> but, but I can't get the... <laughs> uh, he's, she's trying to talk about a wedding, and he's very not into that. He's trying to, you know, listen to the new Robert Palmer album. Would you not be upset if somebody was trying to talk to you about a wedding? You were like, dude, I'm listening to my music. Yeah, if my fiancé was talking to me about a wedding, and I'm trying to listen to Robert Palmer. Yeah. <laughs> And they get to the restaurant, and, <laughs> and they're walking in, and he's he goes, 
I'm on the verge of tears because I'm worried we won't get a good seat. <laughs> uh, and they walk to the back and they, you know, they sit down with uh, Bryce, who's having an affair with Evelyn, but he's having an affair with Lewis's wife. Little does she know. I'm almost completely indifferent to the fact that <laughs> she could know I'm having an affair with, uh, what's her name? Was it uh, Courtney? No. I don't was it Courtney or was it like Celia or something like that? No, Celia. We didn't meet Celia, right? That was like Celia or Sierra or something like that. No, Celia was. Um... That was the dude that looks like Patrick Bateman. Yeah, his wife. Yeah. Mm. What is his name? Halberstram. Halberstram. No. Too many names for me. It was Halberstram. It was like Marcus. It was definitely Halberstam. I don't know what his first name was. Marcus Halberstam. That sounds right. So everybody remember, barely remember your names. Maddie and Herbie. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy Boy reference. In 2021? <laughs> uh, and then I think uh, one of my favorite scenes is when they're, they're talking about the restaurant and they're talking about... Uh, I don't know. What are they talking about? What country? Oh, Sri Lanka. Yeah. Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka. And, and Bateman just spews absolute crap out of his mouth. <laughs> and they all, you know, they all eat it up. And he's like, before you can deal with this, you have to deal with the hunger. The world hunger. The and, you know, it's, it's absolute, uh, it's absolute garbage. Right. But, you know, that's, that's kind of who Bateman's character is. He'll say whatever he wants. He'll do whatever he wants as long as he can maintain this, like. They don't want to say it was absolute garbage. It was a very, like, it was. An absolute well, blanket like, statement. You're just talking about every single political I guess issue. I guess it's garbage. I say it's garbage because Bateman doesn't. He doesn't care about anything. No. He doesn't care what's happening in Sri Lanka. He only know. He only pronounce. He only corrects him saying Sri Lanka instead of Sri Lanka because it makes him look more educated. I don't. I don't think he could care. I mean, even at the end of the movie, they ask him a very similar question, and he just goes, "Whatever." He is. He doesn't care anymore. I guess he never cared, but he doesn't care about the... Keeping uh, up the facade. Right. So, uh, we, I guess, they sort of like hint at the future of the movie when he's walking home and he's taking money out of the ATM and he follows the girl. Mm. And she's kind of like, I don't know about this. Yeah. Is it the one where he goes, Hello. And then they cross the stop block. And then yeah. the next scene we see is him in a laundry mat with an old Chinese woman. He's asking oh. her to clean his sheets. Oh my god. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Do we ever? What was the chick that walked in during then? That he like made her, like talk about the sheet with. The laundromat people. Mm, that was uh. Did we ever meet her again? Victoria. Yeah. Something like that. So is that like the name that he used when like trying to figure out, like trying to say that he went on a date? Oh yeah. Because we never it saw. It was yeah. We never saw the date though. Right. Yeah. <laughs> what is that on the sheet? It's cr- it, cr- cranberry juice. juice. Cran apple. Apple. <laughs> then he has a. They uh, they use this line a lot in the movie where he goes. I have a lunch date in 15 minutes in a, mm. you know, blank place. And then mm. the person responds with, Is that, um, isn't that way uptown? Yeah. And he's like, no, they have one near here. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Does that stand for anything? I, I mean, everything Everything in the movie is a mockery of everything. I, yeah. So it, it's, you know, it's either an excuse or it's, you know, just a mockery of how things are moving all the time and nobody can keep up mm. unless it's you're going to that restaurant every day. Mm. Cranberry juice. I have some videotapes to return. I'm going to return some videotapes. So then we see him doing crunches in his apartment with a uh, adult movie going on in the background. Oh my god. And I think uh, I... I the, the point of the scene, I think, is just to sort of emphasize how casually he views that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. He's calling a restaurant and making reservations while on the phone listening to that, and he's doing crunches listening to that. And later in the film, he's watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre while doing other things. And it's, like, showing how desensitized he is to everything. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, did you want to talk about the Lace Miz poster above his toilet? Yeah, you that mentioned was, that. It was weird, like just a random. I mean, he mentioned it only once after that. He was talking about like going to see a musical, and he was like, "Oh yeah, I went to go see Lace Miz," and like talked about something in the theater, and that was it. Like that was a really odd thing. I bet like I could go more in depth with it or something like that if I had more time to think about it. But like, it was a weird thing to have in your bathroom. Just you wouldn't have a Lay Miz poster in the bathroom? No. 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 I don't no. know what Lay Miz is. I wouldn't either. It's a musical. Yeah, well, it's a musical. I don't yeah. know. Any musical besides La La Land is always a step down from. Oh, boy, John. Ooh. Oh. Controversial or just true? <laughs> or just John? I'd yeah. say just true. Anyway, next scene. Go ahead. I could stretch that a little bit because the main character in Lame is like trying to find himself and trying to escape the law and trying to be his true self that he was meant to be and stuff like that. So I guess that kind of relates to Patrick Bateman because he's trying to find his true self. Like we're trying to find out who he actually is and whether these events are real or not. So I guess it's just like trying to... Oh, and he's also escaping from the law that we see. With is he though? The private... Inv- well, that we understand the beginning of the movie with the private investigator he's making up these lies about like where he was on that night mentally he is yes at least yeah and so i guess john Valjean is doing part of that in the musical as well he's trying to escape the law to go and be his yeah, musical was hard to watch what the 2012 one with russell crowe singing oh it's beautiful Ugh, oof that was tough jeez john that was tough to sit there musicals was, uh, yeah, Russell Crowe cannot swing. No. Cannot sing. Cannot swing. You oh. said swine, and I loved it. it messed me up. I'd love to see him swing. It messed my brain. Mm. Yes, he did swing. God bless him. Yeah, and they clearly didn't pay off. Oh my. Look, they made Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling sing, and they won an Oscar for best song. Mm-hmm. So. There should not be a person in your movie who so doesn't American Psycho. I don't know. You guys guys are going off on a tangent. You can't interrupt interrupt the tangent without having anything to say. Come on. What's the next scene? 
Well, they're in the taxi cabs. Him and uh, Courtney, Lewis's fiance. Oh, Lewis's chick. Is that Donald Trump's car? Oh yeah. <laughs> and they're going to Dorcia's. Dorcia's. Except they're not Dors. going to Dorcia's. They're going to. Because uh, she's so like tired. It's like Barcadia or something. No, she's drugged out. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Well, yes. Like, she. She did the drugs. Yeah. And so she's tired. Yeah. Like slumps down at the restaurant. You should do some lithium. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Isn't that like the first two references that he makes to Donald Trump? Uh, yeah, he Donald makes Trump one to Donald Trump, and then he makes one to Ivanka Trump when him and Paul Allen are at uh, the yeah. uh, Mexican food so place. I guess that kind of like relates to him obsessed with like the money portion of it as well. Yeah, the, he also just uses it kind of like a... She's like, where are we going? And he's like, look, is that Donald Trump's car <laughs> coming from Dorcia's? And then when they're at the Mexican food place and Paul Allen's like, Haberstram, what are we doing here? It's a dump. He's like, is that Ivanka Trump? <laughs> anyway, I think I'm going to get the, you know, it's kind of like, uh, shows how uh, like sheepish all the yuppies are in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then uh, the next scene, they're at the conference table, and we get the the famous business card scene. Let's see Paul Allen's card. You know, first, uh, that's a nice card you got there. That's Cillian Rail. It's a nice color you got there. Bone. Uh, Neither of which are colors for business cards, by the way. I did Hmm. a little research. Hmm. Uh, Yeah. Bone. Also, bone is not white. It would be like yellow, because bone is. Interesting. Do you think they did that on purpose? Yeah. Well, I, I I don't know if you guys were catching, but I, I was pausing it when they're showing the business card. Yeah. They spelled acquisitions wrong, I think. Wait, how do you sp- before <laughs> I say this. Acqui- yeah, they spelled acquisitions wrong. They forgot the C on the card. <laughs> uh, I, I needed to check that before I said it, and I was wrong. But I was right. And Cillian Rail is not a font, also. Hmm. So it's just, you know, it's more of a mockery. Trying to just show Using fancy words. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then obviously uh, we lost. see Van Patten's card and we see Bryce's card. I can't believe Bryce prefers Van Patten's card to mine. <laughs> uh... I think the funniest part nice. is they're like arguing over business cards, and I'm like, they yeah. all look the same. And well, like that's yeah, that's the point. Like, yeah, whoosh. and they're like, whoosh. yeah, yeah. And this is the most stressful you see Patrick until he thinks he's gonna get caught. Yeah, when he's sweating over the business well, cards. Yeah, that, and then when he sees Lewis's business card, he loses his mind. Yeah, nice, very nice. Let's see Paul Allen's card. <laughs> Look at that subtle off-white coloring. The tasteful thickness of it. Oh my god. It even has a watermark. And then, you know, obviously he's sweating over the business card. It's got a watermark. And then on his way back from home, he meets, uh, what was his name? The homeless guy? Albert? Oh, Al? Al, it was Al. Al. Hello, I'm Pat, Hello, I'm Pat Bateman. Would you like some money, some food? And he's like, uh, how'd you lose your job? Insider trading? 
he's like amusing himself over this uh him like torturing this man mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of sad to watch yeah And then of course he uh, stabs him. Tells Those him what. Very, a, all of a sudden, I was like, "Oh my god!" Oh, tells oh him yeah, this a, is happening now. Yeah. Oh, okay. Tells him what a loser he is. Then he stomps on the poor puppy. Well, poor dog. I don't know if it was a puppy or not. Whatever. But uh, oh, whatever. Poor, yeah, whatever to him stomping on the dog. No, I meant whatever. Yeah. It's a, <laughs> it is a dog. Mhm. I think I mentally blocked that from my mind. <laughs> poor puppy. You don't see it. You just hear it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I think this scene happens after that but he's in he's getting his face massaged and she's like you have such nice skin Mr. Mm-hmm. Bateman it mm-hmm. is. and he's like I can't control it my nightly bloodlust is uh, overflowed is into my days yeah yeah and then they're at the Christmas party you know Patrick Bateman he gets his little his little unit nope reindeer he gets yeah. reindeer ears on him he does and uh, we see Paul Allen come up to him, you know. And uh, he's like, Halberstram, how's it going? Oh, yeah, and completely like butchers his name, like completely yeah. mistakes it for someone else. Yeah, and uh, then we get to, to the restaurant. It's, I don't know, what is the restaurant called? Something stupid. Oh, Evelyn has a pig. I don't know if that was important. Oh, yeah. I thought it was cute. Ew, no, gross. You just had a little piggy. I think it's like, uh... <laughs> gross. Pop belly pig. I think it's like gross. a representation of how Patrick Bateman feels like he would become if he was married to Evelyn. Mm. Like he's just this show thing to her. Mm. I don't know. It could mean nothing, but... It was cute. It was dressed up. Yeah, and then uh, we go to the restaurant. It's called like Tex Arcadia or something, Tex Arcana. Something. Something. And, uh, you know, Paul Allen is not digging it, but he's digging the martinis. <laughs> and, you know, we get another scene where he's like, Patrick Maitman just goes, I like to dissect girls. Do you know that I'm utterly insane? And Paul Allen has no reaction. Yeah. And Buddy might be absolutely buzzed out of his mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, then of course, I think he is at that point. Yeah, he definitely, he definitely is when they get back. Yeah. Uh, probably the most famous scene in the movie. Uh, you like Huey Lewis in the news? Is that a ringtone? Yes, like, it is. You like Huey Lewis in the news, Paul? <laughs> uh. It was such a shiny axe too. It was yeah. Like very. Like you could see yourself, and it was like that shiny. Yeah. You guys like you listen to the news? You like that song? Yeah. No. See, now whenever you're going to say that, I'm afraid like there's going to be an axe showing up or you're going to put on a raincoat. <laughs> John just starts laying newspaper on the ground. <laughs> yeah, what well, you got the newspaper for? You got a you got a dog. <laughs> he said, "Why is the style article on the floor something like that?" You got a little chow. <laughs> Is that a raincoat? Yes, it is. In 87, he released this for their most accomplished album. I think their undisputed masterpiece. I like how he puts the music on and when he should have hit him in the head with the axe, you know, when the beat does the thing mm-hmm. where you'd expect it. He doesn't because he's more concerned with 
almost showing his expertise on the band that he just wants to get through his little spiel his spiel before he does anything you see this again later with the bedroom scenes yeah before the bedroom scenes he's uh talking about i think phil collins that time yeah Mm -hmm. and they're like clearly one of them is out of it and he's like no i let me i gotta get through this first come on (laughs) let me let me show my expertise Hmm. yeah i love the shiny axe i think it's uh you know it's more that sort of uh Make your reservations at Dorsia now. Try getting your reservation at Dorsia's now, you. Yeah. Yeah. Censored mm-hmm. for YouTube purposes. Absolutely. Love the raincoat. Great touch. We have a little raincoat, Patrick Bateman, with us today. Pop Funko. Just chilling. He's chilling there. He's, He's vibing. He's sitting there. Just. He's just sitting there. <laughs> if you want to see him, we'll post him on Instagram. Yeah, we'll post him on Instagram. He's so cute. And there's blood on the side of the box. Not actual blood. But like... Well, we don't know that. I, yeah, I guess oh. technically we do. I just bought it from Amazon, so it could have... Uh, it could, yeah. I don't know. It really fits the box. Yeah. Yeah, I like the shiny axe. It's uh, it's more that like, you know, that commentary where he'd rather have the axe be super shiny than actually be... Sharp. Sharp. Yeah. He'd rather have to bludgeon the person mm-hmm. then have the axe be sharp yeah right then uh you know he's trying to dispose of the body but he finds a wild lewis on the loose and, to, uh, <laughs> and lewis says look at that bag where'd you get that bag from john paul godier and then he goes to paul allen's apartment and he's like i almost panic when i see paul's place overlooks the pier it's more expensive it's more expensive than mine. Uh, then he sends Paul on a trip to London. Things that he panics about is very interesting. <laughs> like panics about like a good seat. Like I'm on the verge of tears when we walk into the restaurant and I'm worried we won't have a good seat. <laughs> I'm trying to listen to the new Phil Collins album, but I, <laughs> but I can't because Evelyn is talking about our wedding. Uh, and then we meet Detective Donald Kimball, played by. Anybody know? I know he's in Spider-Man. Yeah. Come on, come on. No. No. Well, this is disappointing. Sorry. When we do the lighthouse, he's in the lighthouse. <laughs> We're going to do the lighthouse. Still don't know who he is. No. Yeah, tell him the snake. Tell us the so name. So you're going to tell us who it is? I'll tell you, yeah. You really don't? All right, Willem Dafoe. Never would have got Willem that. Willem Dafoe. Yeah. Dang ye, Winslow. Let Neptune strike ye dead. Oh, boy. Ah, that's the lighthouse. Say you like my lobster. <laughs> Say it. Come on. I know you like it. Ah, I want to do that movie. That's a good movie. That's another good movie. We can do that movie. Yes. You don't know what you just signed uh, up for. No, probably not. Probably. Yeah. You did make me watch Nocturnal Animals, though, so. Uh, yeah, and you like And that. Enemy. And Honestly, this... Enemy was worse than Nocturnal Animals, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's probably true. Um, Alright, uh, where are we at in the plot here? We, we just saw, found Detective. The, the detective oh, the yeah, the Detective. Yeah. Detective. Not Private Investigator, Detective. He was hired. He's introduced as Detective Donald Kimball. Yes, he has the name Detective. 
Yeah. Um, so, uh, we get the first of many scenes of him trying to lock down uh, his location. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Bateman struggles <laughs> to find the location. Right. And at the end of this, doesn't he, um, um, doesn't he, oh, he breaks out Huey Lewis in the news, doesn't he? Yeah, he's, uh, he's like, so like Huey oh, yeah, Lewis in the, like the news. Yeah, he said it at the end. And Bateman's like, uh. Uh, no, not into artists. No, he says, no, that's not what he says. He yes. says, never heard of it. No, he's, yeah, he says, uh, you heard the new Huey Lewis in the News album? He's like, no, it's a little too, uh, it's a little too, you can look it up, but it's a little too something sounding for, uh, Patrick Bateman, because he's, you know, a terrible person. Mm -hmm. If it has not been established before this point. Right. And then we get the first scene with, uh. I don't know what her name is. The blonde street worker. Oh, Cecile? No, 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 it's not Cecile. It's Christine. Or Christine. I'm gonna refer to oh, you yeah, Christy. As... Christy. I'm gonna refer to you It's Christine and Sabrina. Sabrina? Yeah. Or Sabrina? Is that the first one? Sabrina? Yeah, it's Christy and Sabrina, and then it's Christy and Elizabeth. Or is it Daisy? Who's Daisy? No, it's not Daisy. Daisy. There's no Daisy. There is a Daisy. I'm looking at the cast. What? There's no picture for Daisy, though. Mm. Yeah, so I think it was Sabrina. Him. Okay. It's definitely Sabrina. Yeah, and then, uh, you know, the scene happens. We can't discuss much of it because uh, PG-14. Mm-hmm. But uh, they leave and they have scratches, bloody nose. Mm-hmm. When we meet back up with... Uh, Christy. Christy. I don't know what they're trying to imply happened there. Well, he went over to his dresser and pulled out like... And pulled out a coat hanger. He didn't go all the way with it. That was the point. He oh. stopped himself or something stopped him. Oh, I see. Yeah. Because his nightly bloodlust was only flowing into his day. He couldn't... Uh, uh, when, when he started, he's murdering the homeless, which for him, he calls him the filth. Makes sense. So he's... Like... Yeah. But she... You know something happened, because we didn't see her face at all. We only saw Sabrina's back. We know she went into surgery That's and almost what I was died. Say. She went they into... both had um, nosebleeds. We didn't see. At least face. one of them had blood. Yeah. Nosebleeds. Sabrina had a nosebleed and scratches on her back. We didn't see any of Christy, Chris, Christy, Christy, Christy. I don't know. Um, but we know that she went into the emergency room and she had to have surgery to fix something, and we don't know what yeah. that was. Yeah, and then uh, you know, if they didn't uh, put this down uh. Sharply enough, before Bateman and Van Patten and McDermott are sitting in a bar and they're talking about women, mm. and uh, Bateman goes, he's like, say theoretically they do have a good personality and they are not great looking, and then you know, the fellas are all uh, all women don't have personality or something. What do they say? There mm. are no girls with good personalities. Yeah, yeah something like that. Yeah. So if they didn't hammer that down hard enough, there it is again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh Bateman he brings up a serial killer from the fifties. He's uh Do you remember who it was? You talking about with Gene? Who was no when they're no. in the bar. And he's like, Do you know what the serial killer said about Oh, women? I don't know I don't know. I either want I seen them on the street and I either want to take him to a nice dinner and 
uh, whatever. Yeah. Or I want to stick their head on a spike or mm-hmm. something like that. And yeah. he's cracking up and everyone's like, uh, okay, baby. <laughs> okay, buddy. But they're not like, uh, it's weird because they're not really like. They're not disgusted by it. Right. <laughs> like if, if my friend did that, I'd be like, uh, I'm going to get you help and I don't want to see you for two weeks. But they're just kind of like, okay, baby. <laughs> Uh, and maybe that's more of like, maybe that's like a time thing. I mean, that's like, I, I wasn't around in the 80s. I don't know what, you know, a typical conversation yeah. between Wall Street yuppies was in the 80s. But yeah, and then we get the scene with uh, Lewis in the bathroom where he puts on the leather gloves. Oh, that was... Goes up behind him. <laughs> Lewis turns around 180s on him. <laughs> Bateman. God, Patrick, why here? Waiting so long for this. And Bateman's like, I know the uh, looked at me. Bateman's like, hold on. Wait, wait a hold second. On. This isn't what's supposed to happen here. Wait yeah. a minute. And he freaks out. And Lewis does the I'll call you gesture. Uh, he washes his gloves off. Yeah, he washes the gloves yeah. off. Uh, great scene. Washing the gloves off. Uh, we get another. Scene, but I think we already discussed that with uh Kimball. I think that was the oh, yeah. scene. We discussed that. He says it's a little too, you know, whatever. Uh, and then we uh get Patrick and Courtney, who's Lewis's fiance, and they do the deed. And Courtney says, If I don't see you again, you know, uh. Something. I don't see you by Easter, and then yeah. like doesn't finish her sentence. Yeah, because Bateman. And then like she keeps calling for him, and then he just, she doesn't like say anything. We can tell she wants yeah. to say something about like what's happening and stuff like that, but he doesn't show any interest in like trying to figure out what she's saying. Then a uh, Jean is brought into Patrick's house. Mhm. That's where he also talks about Ted Bundy. Yeah. And he almost shoots her in the head with a nail gun. Which but his phone rings. Evelyn saved her. Ish by the phone call. Yeah, and then he doesn't want to kill her after. Yeah, and he's like leave before. He's he brings up he can't control himself. Right. And uh, then Bateman and Kimball again. They're at the restaurant this time, mm-hmm. putting excessive amounts of salt on their meal. Right. <laughs> uh. And apparently Bateman was at the meeting that. With Halberstram and uh, McDermott, Van Patten, all of them. Right. So he's clean. He was clean the, all the time. On the night that Paul Allen died, he was at a meeting or had a, at something, at a function. And then, of course, you know, it leads into uh, the famous chainsaw scene. He picks up Christy again on the side and he picks up uh, his friend, or Elizabeth. His old Homie. college, something, high school, something. One of those two. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. <clears throat> and so then. Um, Again, stuff, and then Christy realizes that... I need to get out of here. He's, yeah. he's kind of a cannibal-ish. Um, well, he's definitely a cannibal, we learned that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Gross. And so she takes a, br- takes a run for it. Takes a break for it? Is that what? I don't know. Anyway, he's got a chainsaw, um, which is a little odd. It's a little odd that no one comes out of their rooms, either. <laughs> As he's running down the hallway with a chainsaw. He's running down the full hallway. Full blast. Naked. naked with... Yeah. No, tennis not quite naked. Sorry, he tennis. has tennis shoes on. Oh, yeah, that's true. Mm, he kept the tennis shoes on. Um, with the chainsaw and all bloody, and then he happens to, like, 
Get her with the chainsaw while she's running down the stairs. Yeah, drops the chainsaw on her. That's... Swish. Kobe. So anyway, then she also finds a bunch of bodies in Paul Allen's apartment that are just hanging and chilling. Um, all dead, of course, but... um. Yeah. That's um, dead bodies. <laughs> a lot of them. Uh, and then, then after uh, that... They go to the restaurant with him and uh, Evelyn, Evelyn. And he's drawing the dead body on the... And he's like, uh, we need to break up. And she's like, ha very funny. <laughs> and he's like, no, 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 no I'm no, serious. No, no, it's over. This is no joke. And then she's like, but your friends are my friends. And he's like, you know what? I've given a lot of thought into this. You can have them. And then she has a breakdown and he's like, why are you doing this? Stop doing this. If you want to do one thing for me, stop making this scene. She's like, where are you going? And he's like, I've got to return some tapes. I've got to return some tapes. tapes. Um, so yeah, then after that, um, after that, doesn't he go on a, oh, no, no, yeah, he leaves the restaurant, then goes to the ATM, which is reference to a similar, like, a similar scene earlier where he's trying to get money from the ATM. The cat. Then he finds a cat, and the ATM says, (laughs) feed me the cat, or something like that. And he's gonna do it until the old lady stops him. Yeah, and then he shoots the old lady, um, and then... Runs away, shoots the cops... Runs away from them, shoots the guy at the front desk, runs back to a different front desk, or the same front desk. Oh, no, no, and then blows up the police cars. Well, yeah, that was shooting the cops. No, he goes to one front desk, shoots that guy, goes to another front desk, signs in, walks around the corner, and then comes back and shoots the guy. And then goes to the elevator and then goes and hides in his office. And he calls his lawyer. He's like, I've killed 20, maybe 40 people. Feeding their brains. I tried to cook them. That was awful. You hear a helicopter. I love how, how worried he is about that he tried to cook them. Like, that was the most worrying part of that sentence, was he tried to cook it before he eat it. Yeah. Odd. I like the uh, the very, very stark difference between 20 and 40 people. Yeah. yeah. I think that just adds to the how much of this is innocent and how much of it is uh, not real. Because there's a big difference between 20 and 40 people. Yeah, that's 20 people. Mm-hmm. So that segues into the war scene where... At the very end. Well, first he goes back to Paul Allen's apartment and he doesn't see the bodies there. And the lady's like, don't bring this up again. Get out. Yeah, I forgot about that. It's yeah. completely painted white. Mm-hmm. And then he goes to the bar and finds his... Harry's bar. Harry's bar. With his homies. And then he sees the lawyer there. <laughs> you just called him his homies? Yes, they are his homies. They are his homies. And sees the lawyer and is like... So did you get my message? And he's like, haha, it's so funny. Patrick Bateman is such a weirdo. Thinking that it was Mark. Davis. Yeah. Thinking it was someone else that was calling. Um, and then he like takes him on and he's like, I'm not joking. And he's like, haha, you're funny. And he's like, I'm not joking. I am Patrick Bateman. And the lawyer's like, oh, that's weird. <laughs> Stop it. You're freaking me out. And yeah. he still doesn't yeah. even believe him. No. And then uh, he sits down. They're trying to fed him a reservation still. And uh, they ask him about, uh, you know, what he feels about this certain political issue. And he goes, whatever, whatever. Yeah, he's, you know, he does a monologue. And he, I think he ends it with, my confession has meant nothing. Right. Yeah, that's the movie. Yeah. That's the movie. Um, yeah, you heard our ratings at the beginning. But overall, I, I thought the movie was very interesting, but it wasn't 
I don't know, there's some parts where I was just... It took it a little too far sometimes. But I did enjoy the movie. It was interesting. Yeah, I, I'm going to stick with my 10 out of 10. I love the line. It uh, It's always going on this line of how much of it is too unrealistic to be real, how much it is real. And it's blurring that line, and by the end of the movie, the line is so blurred that you can't even see the line anymore. It's all just one blurry mess of a picture. Hmm. Kyler? Kyler? I do like the... Like idea behind rating? the movie? What? Are I'm not changing, changing my rating, no. Okay. I do like the idea behind the movie. I just... It's not a movie for me. <laughs> it's too much just, like, blood and gore and, like... The dude's psycho, obviously. Well, really? Hence, hence American, American Psycho. Are we, sure? Are we sure? I don't know about that one. That one's, uh... <laughs> I feel like it's more questionable if he's American. Um... <laughs> then if you come on, that was wow. funny. Come on, that was funny. Um, yeah, just not a movie for me. Okay, six out of ten. Yeah. So uh, what's that average? Six and a half, six, ten. You the math guy. Twelve, twenty-two, twenty-two and a half divided by three, three, four, eight, seven point five. I ha- I made an ex- right. Oh my god! Jesus. Come on. Nice job. Oh, nice. Let's, Human uh, calculator, baby. Next, next time I say something really stupid, let's just remember this moment. <laughs> and the 750. Did you manage to calculate an average in your head? Yeah. Yeah. With well, a decimal point in one of the numbers. Oh. Ooh. Okay, so anyway, um, thank you for listening to our hypercast of American Psycho. We, yeah. Um, John, would you like to say the famous line? I'll say it. Uh, first, uh, you know, subscribe if you liked it. Give us a follow. All of our socials are on the screen right now. Instagram, Twitter. Uh, let us know what movies you want us to watch, and we won't watch them probably because we have so many movies on our list currently. But uh, yeah, this was the uh, second episode of the Hypercast, and uh, I guess uh, let's see Paul Allen's podcast. <laughs>